Hello everybody and welcome back to the Real Time Podcast. This podcast is for those who are looking to become inspired and level up in all aspects of life. The Real Time Podcast brings you content of real value through being open, honest and upfront about how things are to provide real and constructive advice on how to start stepping up and becoming your higher self. Well then, what are you waiting for? It's time to get real. excited to introduce today's special guest but first I wanted to give him a little intro myself. So in October of 2018 he completed a 30-year career in the United States Air Force reaching the summit of leadership as chief master sergeant and senior enlisted leader. He served military tours in the US, Germany, Italy and Turkey and deployed to military operations in Kuwait, United Arab Emirates and Afghanistan. So now he is a sought out speaker and presenter. He's provided leadership workshops in areas such as communications, leading change and stress management. It's my absolute pleasure to have him as a guest on the podcast and I am so excited to dive right into this conversation about leadership. So let's get down to it. So welcome Manny Martinez. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, Emily Jane. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Oh, I'm so excited. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So what I would absolutely love is, even though I've given you a bit of an introduction, can you just tell our listeners more about you? You know, what is it you do? Is there anything that you want them to know? Sure. Thank you. Well, a little bit about me. I was born in Puerto Rico. At 12 years old, my family and I moved to Florida, and that was my first opportunity to learn English. I did not grow up speaking English. When I turned 18, I entered the military, and I thought I was going to spend four years in the Air Force and collect some money for college and then move on to get a degree. But then I stuck around. I got the itch, and I served 30 years in the Air Force. And when I was in the military as a senior enlisted leader, my primary focus was to help to develop people and to grow teams to reach their highest potential. I saw myself as a person where I was in the best position to pour into the lives of others as a way of saying thank you for the many people throughout my life that poured of themselves so that I could be successful as a person professionally and personally. As I left the military, I wanted to continue doing that. How can I pour into the lives of others and help them achieve their highest potential? And that led me to Crestcom. And Crestcom is the organization that I am with right now. I've been with Crestcom for about a little over a year and a half. And what we do is that we give people the toolkit to be successful business leaders. It's an exciting time, especially in this day and age. While we're recording this, we're right in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. And we've gone into virtual platforms where we deliver all that learning and all those skills in virtual settings. It's been fabulous just to connect with people and see their personal growth continue, even though we have some of these interesting challenges, which have really become opportunities for us. 
Ah, yeah, I love that. And, and I love how you mentioned about, you know, the current situation that the world is in at the moment, because we do really need more leaders now more than ever. And so I'll take it that leadership involves, you did mention the term developing people. So it's obviously got a lot to do with helping other people grow and step up into their highest selves. Um, and I was so excited when I actually started looking into you and the area that you work in, because leadership is a topic that I've been wanting to discuss on the podcast for quite some time now, because I think it's such an important area. And I have yet to have a guest on who actually focus on this. So I'm really excited about this. Um, so I guess then, you know, what is leadership to you? Sure. There are many interesting definitions of leadership. I look at it as it's the art of influencing others towards a common goal. Military and the Air Force would say it's the art of influencing people towards completing the mission. It's really helping people do the things that they want to do and together achieve the things that we want to achieve. I, I look at leadership as something that is bestowed upon people and that it's not about themselves. Many people think of, well, I'm a leader and therefore I should be receiving special perks or benefits. I don't see it that way. I see leadership as the position you're in is the perk. Leadership is not about a parking spot. It's not about a corner office with big windows. It's not about a spacious room for you to work. It's about serving something greater than yourself. And for most of us, since leadership is about people, it's about pouring into the lives of other people. That's where I believe we can make the greatest change in the world by not looking at it as something that it's about ourselves. It's about serving others and for a higher calling. Yes, I love that definition of um, it's the art of influencing people towards a common goal because I think I think that's such a great explanation of it. Um, and I also love how you mentioned about it serving something greater than yourself because I think this is such an important part of leadership because I think that people can sometimes confuse the concept of leadership when their ego kind of comes into play um, and they start to feel entitled, like it's it's some higher power that they get to have over other people. So yeah, it's definitely about serving something that's greater than yourself. And um, like you said, it's not about the perks. And I think this is what you know, people need to realize so that they know that anyone can be a leader. You don't have to be the CEO of a company. You can be, you know, working in a supermarket, stacking shelves and still be an incredible leader. So um, I love that explanation that you just gave there. And for, you know, for me personally, I'm always working on my personal presence as a leader. Um, I was always that kid in school who loved stepping up and, um, you know, doing all those extra things and going for all the different um, leadership positions, because it's something that I've always felt passionate about and being able to help people through, um, you know, showing up as a leader. So it's something that I try to focus on intentionally still now, um, because I think it is so important to show up as a leader, as a leader, whether it be at work or in business or simply through social media to your followers as well. Um, so I also try to actually surround myself by people who I believe are great leaders also. And I find that through, you know, doing podcast interviews, I'm constantly meeting more and more people who I think fit this um, position as well. But what do you think makes a good leader? You know, like what actions define a good leader or how do they show up for the people that they work with? Well, good leaders first and foremost are good listeners. We tend to think of leaders as communicators and certainly 
being effective communicators makes people effective leaders. We also have to be effective listeners. By listening is, is also about observing what's going on around you and understanding the pulse of an organization or how people are doing. I'll give you a really good example. Um, when, I, when I arrived at my last military assignment here in Washington State, my commander, who was my, my, my boss, if you will, I was her senior enlisted leader. So I was the right-hand man for my commander, and we both showed up about the same time, about a week's apart. The first thing that awesome military leaders will do is that they will, for the first month or so, they will observe, they will listen, and keep their mouths shut. They want to pay attention to what's going on around them and what is happening. You know, what things are going well, what things are not going well. So then they can move into those areas where there are spaces where we need to fill. I talk about, you know, we, we fill the gaps. You know, we, we look for those gaps and we fill them. It's important to do that because sometimes we have these aspirations of when I step into that role, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to be fantastic and that's wonderful. But yet, if you implement your own agenda, is that really in line with what's happening around you? Is that yes. really conducive to what your people's needs are? You have to be very conscious as to what's happening. It requires a lot of listening. It also requires a large dose of humility as a leader. I, I really enjoyed what you said about stepping into different roles, even as a young person. And that's a wonderful trait to have because it means that you're not afraid to take something on. You're not afraid to make mistakes. One of the things as a leader I learned was that how much I did not know when I got in higher level positions. Certainly I was thrilled to be there and yet, wow, I'm just beginning. When you step into a leadership position, you've arrived really at nothing. It's a beginning of something greater. And that requires humility. You know, your, your jokes don't get any better the higher and higher you go in, a, in, a, in an organization. They don't. People just tend to look at you from a different lens. And the best leaders, and I'll say this is the third thing, is that best, the best leaders tend to connect with people at a very human level. So you can imagine in the military, I, I was the top person in my organization. And then you have lots of other people who are much younger, who have less experience, and yet we're all human beings. I needed to create a safe space and environment where people could come to me with their issues, with their concerns, where I felt comfortable with removing obstacles and empowering them to do their, their best jobs. You can't do that if you think you're high and mighty and sitting on a big throne. Yeah. And you can't do that if they believe you're sitting on that throne. Yeah, and I love how you were um, saying how leaders are listeners because it's not about bossing people around and it's not about making demands for other people to meet. It's about understanding and providing guidance. So listening and responding to their needs, which, yeah, you spoke about so greatly. So thank you for that. Um, so, you know, what is your thoughts then on the concept of forming relationships as a leader then? Because obviously in order to be a leader, you have to have people to lead. And I'd assume that a good leader is someone with quality relationships, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Sure. Well, it's so critical. 
that build relationships with people, not just within your organization or your team, but even people outside of your organization. It can get really lonely at the top in leadership. And so you have to build relationships and you have to build teams. In the military, for example, when I served in the Air Force, we know that often may be called to do a job that is very dangerous, the ultimate job perhaps to go and you know, fight a war. You have to build relationships very quickly. You get groups of people who come from different parts of the world, who have different backgrounds, who have different experiences, and there you are put together to essentially take care of the mission. And you, you have to build those relationships very quickly and find common ground with people. I like the idea of in the military, you didn't really get to choose who your team was going to be. They, you know, <laughs> rarely did you get to choose, hey, this is my person on my left, my person on my right. And yet there you were, you were their leader. I managed organizations where my background, by, by the way, was human resource. And as I got higher and higher in my position, my really my main role was helping people. So I had organizations that had all kinds of different industries, whether it was military police or IT, computers, logistics, manpower, different roles. And they saw the world differently from me. I needed to figure out very quickly, where's our common ground? How can we connect with each other? How can I help them be successful? How can I understand what their needs are? Very often you might have people in your team that maybe they don't quite work out the way you would like them to. Maybe they're underperforming for a variety of reasons, sometimes within their control, sometimes outside of that. But when that happens, sometimes you have to remove them from that position because they're just not performing at that level and perhaps you've given them opportunities to improve. Maybe it's just not the right fit for them. Maybe they fit better somewhere else. Well, in military organizations, when you fire people, the next day, they're still with you. They're probably somewhere else in your organization, but they're still with you. There you are as their leader, your role has not changed. You are still there to grow and develop that same person that perhaps the prior day you removed from a position. I guess my point on that piece is there's a certain level of respect that has to be earned by the leader. It's not something that we as leaders can just expect to happen. We have to earn that respect from everybody. And I always felt that the higher I went in, in, in service, the greater that I served, and the harder and harder I felt I needed to work to gain the trust and respect of people instead of the expectation the other way around that, look at me, I've arrived, you should be respecting me. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you mentioned how you don't get to always choose your team. In most cases, you know, you have no say in who, it, who, who you are working in and because you've been asked to step in and help and obviously you have something that these people are in need of, so you've got to offer that. But how would you suggest that someone improves their relationships if maybe they may not have the best relationship with the team that they've been allocated to? Sure, that's a great question. I think sometimes we believe in organizations that we are limited to just the job. 
Emily Jane, I know you because you and I work together on a podcast. And everything I know about you revolves around the podcast and the things you do and the actions you take in the podcast. Who's Emily Jane outside of the podcast the moment that we hit the pause button and the headset goes off? Getting to know people, I believe, is the best way for really for us to figure out how do we get them to where they want to go and where they need to be. I've been in positions where we have people who, for whatever reasons, it was just not their job. They, they came into a job, they thought it was going to have a particular you know, it was going to work a certain way. It didn't quite work out that way. And yet we were able to find opportunities for them, perhaps outside of our teams, outside of our organizations. We could do those in very friendly, mutual ways because we had good relationships. You know, we knew things like we knew if they were married or we knew we had children or, or if their parents were ill. We knew about their birthdays. You know, we knew about hobbies and interests. Certainly, you're not going to know every single thing about their lives, and that's not my point here. The point is you should know something about them beyond what they bring to, say, the job. And that really helped with that situation. We have to be honest with each other, and sometimes we're going to have difficult conversations. Yet, if I know you a little bit better, personally, I've already gained that trust with you. When it comes time to have a much more difficult conversation about, hey, I see that things are not necessarily working out very well with you at work. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what your issues are. Or where is it from my end that I'm perhaps failing you or not giving you the support that you need? When yes. you have a better relationship, you can get to the, to the bottom of those things. And if that means hey, I, you know, I'm happy that we were able to get to the bottom of this and your best place in a job is not here. I'm happy to let you go there and then we can stay in touch and we can see how you blossom and grow. Ah, so, so I guess the solution to help improve leadership relationships is really forming that deeper connection with people so that you understand them on a different level and then you're able to serve them and show up for them a lot better and more in alignment with who they are. So I guess then, look, one of, through one of my side hustles, which is my online business I run through my social media, working on developing ourselves into leaders and also helping others kind of start showing up more as leaders is a big part of the business. So how would someone wanting to dive deeper into leadership development start working on themselves and growing into a leader? And like what sort of steps are sort of necessary to take or what sort of self-work needs to start to happen if this person wants to do so? Sure. You don't have to spend a lot of money. I think that's the first thing. One of the great things you can do at any level of leadership, whether you're just starting out in, in, a, in a business or a company or you've been around a, you know, a few years like me, is find a mentor. Find someone who has been through that experience. Ask for their guidance, for their mentorship, for their leadership, and pick their brains. Get into the, this is what I would like to do. You know, what does it take for me to get to the next level? I like to look for people who are a little bit different from me when it comes to mentorship. I, I, I've seen people who, okay, I'm, I tend to be a gregarious person. I tend to 
be very organized at times. I just kind of go this opposite of my pants, if you will. So I tend to look for people who are a little bit more analytical, people who tend to be more into the, the details, people who have a lot more thought process when it comes to analytical and critical thinking skills. I'll seek those people out and ask them to be my mentor. The other thing that I enjoy doing, and I can't get enough of, and I wish I had more time to do, is reading. I, I love reading books from many leadership experts, authors. Uh, some of those leadership books are you know, 10 steps on ABC or how to do XYZ. And some might be just stories that are told that help us become better, better leaders and, and better followers as well. I think in leadership too is finding opportunities to develop and grow those skills. Most of us learn leadership because we've gone in situations and okay, we took those risks and we knew going into those risks that maybe not everything was going to go exactly the way we thought it would. Now, you could look at it in one way and say, oh, I'm, I'm, I failed, I didn't do very well, or you could look at it from the perspective of what did I learn from this experience? How have I grown through this experience? And how can I use it as a springboard for better things in the future? And I think that you're right. Mentorship is such an important part of growth in any way. And I think that oftentimes people forget as well, when we speak about mentorship, we don't necessarily mean you have to go and physically like meet with someone and and pay like you're saying sp spend lots of money to be learning from them because there's so many mentors that you can get access to simply through plugging in your phone or something like that and personally i love john c maxwell he has a really awesome leadership podcast which is on apple Podcasts, and i also love his books um i think that he's such a great mentor to have and then of course you know people like tony robbins as well like you can tap into all of these people they provide so many free resources um, because you know like you were saying a, a, a role of a leader is they want to help other people grow and that's what they're doing that like these you know incredible leaders are providing us with so many um, free resources that we can access so mentorship is so important and so important to remember that you don't have to physically be sitting in in front of someone in order to find a mentor right sure so the concept of your chief secrets that kind of popped up whilst we were in earlier communication. So I'd love to hear a bit about this because this is a term that I haven't heard before. So, you know, what do you mean by chief secrets and what are they? And just tell us all about this. Sure. In the air force, my, my, my rank, my grade was chief master sergeant. And in the short version of that is chief. So everybody referred to me as chief. I lost my name for about five years. <laughs> it was just, Chief, hi, Chief, how are you? Chief, I have a question. Chief, how's it going? When I got into the position, I wanted to think about, well, how could I best pour into the lives of other people? I recognized I was the 1% of the Air Force. So that means 99% of other people are looking up going, hey, Chief, what can I learn from you? It can be very intimidating. Could you imagine stepping into the chief's office and maybe you've been in the military for just a few short months and here's this person with 25 years, 26 years of experience. Military has a very hierarchical structure. Therefore, there's a lot of respect shown to people who of higher grades and positions. 
I didn't want people to feel threatened or afraid to be around me. I wanted to feel comfortable around me. Every time somebody met with me and I met with every single new person in my organization, I shared with them the two chief's secrets. And these are the ones. First one is chiefs don't know everything. I wanted them to feel empowered to take the time to learn their jobs as best as possible. I would say, you know something? Sitting here in this room, I'm probably the dumbest person in the organization, not by intelligence, mind you, but because I don't do the job the way you do. I'm more administratively and thinking about people where, the, where those people I was sitting down and having conversations with, they were the ones on the front lines doing the job knowing what was really happening, the pulse of the organization was with them. I wanted them to feel empowered to do the best job possible. I would tell them, maybe you have one stripe on your sleeve or two stripes, and I have eight. The difference between your one stripe and my eight is that I've made a lot more mistakes than you have. And that was my second secret. Chiefs make mistakes. Sometimes we believe that people in positions of leadership are invincible, that they don't err, that they don't have any faults. Well, of course we do. We're human beings. And I used to say that in my meetings. I make mistakes. Matter of fact, I make mistakes almost every single day. And I want you to know that I fully expect that along the way, as you're doing the best job possible, you're going to make mistakes too. But that's okay. If you're doing the best job possible and you happen to make a mistake, Take ownership of that mistake, learn the lesson from it, and just don't do it again. But we empower people in positions, whether it's in the military or in all kinds of organizations, we empower people to do a job. And then they should be empowered to take risks, smart risks, whenever possible. And from those risks, maybe we didn't get it right the first time, but perhaps we learned something different, or we learned something new, or we try it again. People should feel free to explore and learn their, their, their jobs and do the best job possible without fear of, well, if I get this wrong, the boss is going to come down and <laughs> be very upset. No, of course not. That's why we hired those people in the first place. Yes, yeah, so, my- yeah, so your chief secrets then are to really help um, the people that you're working with relate to you more and, and bring you down to a sort of same level where you can improve your connections, you can provide comfort and you can serve them better because rather than being intimidated by you, they can see more eye to eye with you and understand who you are more as a person. And, um, and I love how you're talking about making mistakes and how the difference between you having eight stripes and someone else only having one is that you've made more mistakes. And this is so important because so often people are just scared to make mistakes because they think that mistakes equal failure when really mistakes equal opportunities for growth and opportunities to learn. And then that's what's going to help you develop further. Whereas if you went through your whole career without making any mistakes, well, you probably wouldn't have got into that position that you got to because there would have been so much that you still would have learned, had to learn before you would be able to actually go and help other people and show up as the leader that you are. So I do have one final question for you today. So given that this is the real time podcast, I would love it if you could leave all of our listeners with one final piece of real advice that you just 
have to let them know. You have to finish this episode on. I was waiting for this. <laughs> By the way, I, I love your insights, uh, you know, Emily Jane. I'm a fantastic host. Thank you. <laughs> here's, my, here's my real advice. And this is going to sound rather military and perhaps a little bit on the negative side, but it's not. Discipline. Self-discipline. So you might be familiar with Matthew Kelly. He's also from Australia. And he is a, an author and a speaker. And he talks about taking care of ourselves physically, emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually. And to do that, it requires discipline. Self-discipline. Self-discipline are the kinds of steps that you take there for yourself so that you can then care for others. But more importantly, self-discipline is what's going to carry you through the day to meet your goals. And, and here's why. It's easy to be disciplined when things are going really well. My career is soaring. I have money in my pocketbook. My relationships are going great. But when things are going really hard when times are tough. It is your discipline that's going to get you through those times. If you're not disciplined now when you're having a challenge, you're just going to fall back and go, oh, you know, I might not even try. No, no, no. Self-discipline says, get up and go in. You don't want to work out of it. You don't like it. It just goes on and go. Or maybe you don't want to make that you know, 50th phone call today, but self-discipline says you must, even if you don't feel like it. You've got to yes. get up, work on yourself, and you have to stay disciplined. And then, you know, the moments that are complicated, that are challenging, that are tough, they're not here to stay. They're not here to stay. They will move on. And self-discipline will allow you to move on. Yes. And I, I love that. That's probably the best piece of advice you could have left us with because at the end of the day, discipline is really being able to bridge that gap that's between your goals and what you want to accomplish. And that's exactly what a leader is meant to do. They're meant to step up and they're meant to help you get to where you want to be and grow into um, that person. So thank you so, so much, Manny, for coming on this call today. I absolutely have loved our discussion. And I know that everyone is going to gain so much uh, from hearing everything that you've shared today. So once again, thank you so much for your time and coming onto this call from the opposite side of the world. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Emily Jane. It's been a great pleasure and an honor. Thank you. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into my real time podcast. I have had so much fun making this and I hope this has been able to help you in some way. If you enjoyed this podcast, remember to share it with someone who may be in need of hearing it. My goal with this channel is to bring you guys content of real value. So help me share this message and share this podcast by screenshotting it and tagging me on your stories. By doing so, you'll be doing your part in helping me build this platform and build a space where people can listen, can grow and can overcome whatever obstacles are getting in the way of their success. But that starts with you guys. Tag me at emilyjane.dm 
in your stories and hashtag Realtime and I'll be sure to reshare you on my page. Thank you so much again, guys, for listening in today. Your support honestly means the world to me. So until next time, keep it real.